0: Another good game. Miami versus Texas a and ACC is back, Bo. Hey,
1: ACC, ACC is, back. is back. Miami is putting us back on the mat, bro. Hell yeah, brother.
0: <laughs> yo, yo.
1: Yeah. Fax and good. the King. I'm the Butter King. We got Dr. Fax. And we got Fochet in the building. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? I'm doing really good. How are you doing, Fax? What are you torqued on right now? I am torqued because it is finally due date week for me. and, and game week, Fax! Yeah, for me and my girl, Um, the due date is supposed to be the 16th of September, and we are hoping and praying that, um, she is on time. Um, for my girl's sake, I know she is ready to, to give birth and it's been, um, it's been a crazy and, um, fun pregnancy, but I think, um, me and my girl both, we are ready to meet our daughter and, um... Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm super, I'm super torqued about it. I, I, I got my, I finally have my hospital bag packed and ready to go, um, so I'm ready for that experience and just been waiting.
0: Game day for Father Facts. Can't wait to see how you perform. What about you, Fosh? Talk to me. Uh, I'm pretty torqued because we finally got into our new place in D.C., got all of our furniture set up and. You know, obviously, before we got any couches or anything to sit on, we found a golden tea machine. So
1: we now have a golden
0: tea machine (laughs) in our living room uh, that we have basically been playing
1: nonstop. What's golden tea? Hell yeah, brother.
0: Uh, You don't know what golden tea is? (laughs) Oh, wait, like uh, the video game? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Look at the flick of the wrist. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm more of a big buck hunter guy, Foch, but that's honestly thrilling. I'm excited for you. I'll thrash because... you on buck hunter any day of the week, bro. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> let me tell you guys what I'm torqued about. This is a little more abstract, so bear with me. I am torqued on the phrase "hell yeah, brother." Um, <laughs> I've basically realized that I say it nonstop, and I've kind of been doing this bit recently where uh, I've realized that you can respond "hell yeah, brother" to literally anything that anybody ever says to you, and they don't—they never question it. So. Um, really going to kind of keep that going also can be shortened to hyb which is fun or else you can just say uh three words i got three words for you facts hell yeah brother so
1: hell yeah brother hell yeah brother <laughs> try it out sometime <laughs> and and watch out because facts and the king merch coming soon the hyb tees and Whoa. hats will H-Y-B. be coming soon I hell got you guys. yes, brother. I fucking love it.
0: Let's got go. You guys,
1: got you guys covered already. <laughs> Let's get the merch on. I
0: just want a mustache, just the outline of a mustache, and just,
1: hell yeah, brother. So, I've seen, um, seen on the timeline, Bo, you've been traveling a lot, and you recently were in Philadelphia- I mean, it looked like you were on maybe a red carpet. What, what was that about? It was actually
0: a green carpet. It was turf, but yeah, I was in Philly visiting my old stomping grounds, uh, hanging out with my buddy Jason Kelsey for the premiere of his documentary, Kelsey, which actually um, comes out today, Tuesday, September 12th. Um, and it was really good. So I was there for the premiere, got to catch up with Kelsey and Connor Barwin and some of my old Eagles teammates. Also got to hang out with some of the current guys I never played with, like Jordan Milata who's, like, the biggest fucking dude in the world. Um, met a bunch of their O-linemen, too, all good guys. But, yeah, caught up with a lot of support staff, guys I played with, and guys I was around the building with. So that one was really fun. But the documentary was cool because it followed Jason and kind of, you know, his battles with uh, figuring out whether or not he's going to retire, transitioning out of the NFL. That was originally what the documentary was going to be, and then it kind of morphed into um, – you know, something that really explored the Kelsey family, his parents, um you know, his wife Kylie, um their three daughters, and then obviously Travis as well, and their you know, their podcast that they have, and um you know, called out to in, New heights. Uh, shout out to New Heights, culminating in the um the Kelsey Bowl, the Super Bowl, where Travis and Jason played each other. Last year. So it was really good. It was funny because I was chopping it up with Kels in the hotel room before the uh, premiere and he was fucking nervous. It was which was so funny to me because this is a guy who's played unbelievable football, like giving Super Bowl parade speeches, and you know, is a pretty confident guy, but all he would tell me is like, dude, I don't know, man. Like I get really emotional in the po- or in the in the documentary. I just don't know like how it's gonna be. Like I cry a couple times. I was like, Motherfucker, we see you cry every season, man. Like <laughs> this is nothing <laughs> new for us. Um but yeah, it was great to, to catch up with uh, with those guys and, and see, you know, Kylie and Jason and, uh, you know, everybody else. So I had a good time in Philly. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the
1: the Kelsey story, I had seen a social media post with, um, what, Jason or one of them calling you Honey Bobo and explaining how you were in the mix when um, he, he met his – Supposedly met his wife for the first time. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, that's a great story, man. First of all, the Honey Bobo nickname goes way back. Doug Peterson actually gave me that when I was a fullback for uh the Eagles. Like I'm a two-way player two Facts. It's not just Travis Hunter, all right. I was fullback, I was a nose guard. But the package that we had when I was the fullback on short yards and goal line was called Honey Bobo. Um so that's where that came from. But anyway, yeah it's fucking i leaned into it this is back in the day this is my pre Butter King era that Um, is funny but kylie kelsey who's jason's wife uh was recently on new heights and told a story of you know when they met for the first time which i was actually a privilege to be a part of it's a hilarious story um basically they met on tinder and they're not shy about it and uh we kelsey's like you know how it is you're swiping on tinder on these fucking dating apps and you're he was really excited about her. Like we were crazy. talking about her in the lunch or in the cafeteria, like, you know, different lines and stuff he's going to say to her. So he invited her out to this bar, Buffalo Billiards, which is like a legendary bar. Kelsey's like the king of old city. And we used to go to the Buffalo Bills all the time. They had steel tip darts. They had big buck hunter. They had golden tea, like billiards, skee ball, like all the fucking toys. We used to go there and just get wasted and play all these games. But he invited her there after our holiday party, which was, like, a big deal for the Eagles. And for whatever reason, we decided to, like, pregame this holiday party. And we were busted up. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, we were busted up. And I'll never forget. Like, we pregame this party. and Then we go to the holiday party. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, I got to keep an eye. Like, you know when your boys are, like, really going out. You're like, I got to keep an eye on these dudes because, like, I don't really know how this shit's going to go. I remember thinking to myself, like, let's check in on Kelsey real quick. And I turn, I look at him, and he's, like, 50 yards away. The, part, the holiday party was at the link. He's talking to Mr. Lurie, the owner of the team. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, oh, shit, like, I hope this is going all right for Kelsey. And the moment I, like, look over at Kels, he's super far away from me. He, like, turns fully around, makes eye contact with me from across the room and just winks and turns back around. And I was like, oh, shit, like, he's good. Like, we're going to be all right. And so we end up going out to Buffalo Billiards. Kylie, you know, who – this was before they were married, obviously, like, this was their first introduction, and Kelsey was smashed, he fell asleep on the bar, like, literally on the bar, and Kelsey, one of those dudes, where, like, he gets drunk, he's just out, like, he'll just sleep anywhere, like, I was at a concert with him in Philly, and he was sleeping during it, it was insane, anyway, uh, I realized that, like, we got to get him the fuck out of there, because he's in bad shape, so I had a fireman carry him home, which was, like, maybe half a mile, it was, but, like, he was, like, he kept fucking with me during it, so, like, I was like carrying him and it was exhausting because he was like pure dead weight, like literally carrying a corpse. But then he would like come to life randomly and like squirm around and like try to get me to like drop him, like act like he was, uh, I don't even know. Like he was just trying to fuck me like, ah, like come back to life and then like pass back out. I'm trying to carry him his dead weight. He's like a 280 pound guy. I was sweating my absolute ass off. Um, so yeah, I mean, had to carry Kels home, really swept him off his feet that night. I don't know if the first date went that well, but I guess it went really well because they got married. They have three beautiful daughters and now they have a documentary coming out about their
1: family. So so you swept Jason off his feet before his wife did. And I brought him home that night. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so good crazy, crazy a good time. Kylie's an absolute
0: saint too. Can't say enough good things about her. She's hilarious on the new heights. Uh, check that out. It's fun to have that story come out because
1: can't wait to see that documentary for sure.
0: Yeah, check it out. It's good. Speaking of the NFL Dr. Facts, the suits kind of aren't really allowing us to talk about NFL football, which we are very familiar with as two former NFL football players. But fuck the suits. We're gonna do one hitters. We're not allowed to smoke the whole blunt. We're just gonna take one, one little one hitter. We're gonna go hit the one hitter. Just one so, hit. Just one little hit about the NFL, and I don't think there's a bigger storyline in the NFL, obviously, than um, Aaron Rodgers' injury last night. Who coincidentally took one hit this season. <laughs> You know, you're never ever gonna. It's it's just it's crazy how these things work out in the NFL, man. You got four snaps, all the hype surrounding Aaron Rodgers and how much hoopla him going, to, you know, from Green Bay to New York. It's nine eleven. He's running out the tunnel with the flag, and it's like fuck, man. We didn't even really get a chance to see him. It's 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 insane. It's a weird combination of like hilarious and tragic. So. I don't know, man. It it really fucking sucks for him. It was the number
1: one off-season story. It was the number one off-season story from every single angle to how much Green Bay gave up for Aaron Rodgers and or how much they got in return and how that's affected now with him being hurt. But just how everything like media-wise really was spun around Aaron Rodgers and what was going to happen this season with him being on the Jets and then... For the fans' sake, we got hard knocks and got to see a little bit more into how they really revamped that entire franchise for him. And to see him go down in the first series is crazy. And the fact that the NFL is leaning into this whole script thing, um, I I I, I, I don't I think this is a crazy dynamic for fans.
0: Yeah, it's fucking brutal for him, man. And it's, I mean, shout out to the Jets and the, especially the Jets defense. My former teammate in Tampa, Jordan Whitehead, had three picks. Jets defense looked unbelievable at times. Um, I don't know if Wilson necessarily looked ready. Hopefully they can get him right. Maybe the Jets will go pick up a vet quarterback or something like that. We'll see. But that's kind of my one hitter. Had, to <laughs> had to talk about the Rodgers injury. Fucking sucks for Aaron Rodgers. Hall of Famer. Great player. Never want to see something like that happen in a highly anticipated season. What do you got for
1: your one hitter facts? Let's let me pass the one to you. What do you got for me? My one hitter is that Mr. Irrelevant indeed is still relevant. Brock Purdy after coming back from injury and having the start that he had last year in the manner that he got his introduction and coming on um, to to take a team um, deep into the playoffs um after their starting quarterback got injured and the fact that everyone was up in the air about what San Francisco were going to do. They traded um, Garoppolo and, and it was a big, 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 big story if he was going to look ready and godly did he look ready because he came out 220 yards, two touchdowns. 65% um, in the first game, but more more importantly, the entire San Francisco team together with him leading the pack, they look strong and they look like serious contenders, if you can make that assumption from one game.
0: Hell yeah. Man, that one hitter felt smooth, Thanks, but I'm getting notified by the suits, people upstairs <laughs> that we are not allowed to talk about the NFL anymore, that's too much time, even though we both love it so much, and have had a lot of quality time in the NFL, so let's talk some college football week two. I don't think there's a team in college football that, uh, you know, has more hype around them than the Colorado bu- Buffaloes. Colorado versus Nebraska is the first game up in this roundup we're going to discuss. Colorado a little flat in the first half, but they ended up winning 36 to 14. Some people are kind of questioning whether or not Colorado's the real deal after, you know,
1: somewhat less exciting performance against Nebraska. What do you think, Fax? Are they real? I think they are real, and what people are going to see week to week, not only from the talent, college football is one of those things week to week. You're going to see a lot of teams that they can match up on talent, Um, but what we're going to see is how Deion Sanders as a coach and their coaching staff, they match up against some of these schemes, and going in at halftime and, and, and making adjustments, that's really what, I'm excited to see this team do throughout the year because that's, what's going to happen. Everyone is on notice about Colorado. So you, you're going to see every coach put their best scheme together to try to beat them. So it's going to be exciting to see how Deion Sanders handles that. And I, and I feel that Deion and his son playing quarterback, they have a relationship where he really trusts Shador to do the right thing on the field. And I I think that I think that that is going to go a long way and that's going to start being evident more and more when some of these bigger games come up and um yeah they're going to see more adversity coming up but it's going to be how you bounce back and you just got to know I think I think mentally the mental aspect more and more we're seeing each game is there and I think in college football that's usually a bigger hurdle than the the physical aspect when it comes to football and guys just being ready and knowing what they can do and being sure of what you're doing so that you can play fast and like worry free so yeah. I,
0: I mean it's tough facts it's tough to follow up uh, such a strong open for colorado and you get kind of an emotional you know i don't know like a little bit of an emotional decline after a big game like that but hey they still got the fucking winning against nebraska there's some theatrics on the field as well which is fun uh sanders like popped his helmet off when they're The Nebraska coaching staff kind of brought it up on their logo and I don't know those college football rivalries are fun but Colorado has two big games coming up on their schedule Oregon and USC super pumped to see those also I know you're fully in on Travis Hunter Uh, he had a big juke on a reception how are you? How
1: are you feeling about his uh, week two performance? I love it again and again. He's racking up the stats, and I think it's something that maybe weekly we should start. We should at least mention the snap count because after two weeks, Bo, he is at two hundred and seventy-eight snaps. That's that sucks. A, that, that's a lot <laughs> of reps, brother. Bro, there's like it's crazy to say. There's some college kids that's they're they're not going to play that many snaps their entire season. They're not going to play that many snaps. So for him to have that many throughout two games is absolutely crazy. And I hope that again, I'm wishing nothing but health (laughs) to that kid because (laughs) I definitely want him to stay healthy and they got game day this week. And I hope these guys get all of the attention that they deserve. And um, I'm excited to, I'm excited to keep following them. Um, week to week this year. Absolutely.
0: Shadur Sanders is playing well, too. I think uh, he's a lot more poised than I was expecting to be. I think he has a lot better pocket presence than I expected as well. And he's uh, he's pretty high up there in the uh, Heisman rankings. I oh, think yeah. he's fourth this week. But uh, definitely Colorado is fun to, fun to watch, fun to follow along with, with game day coming into Boulder. I think we'll continue to talk about
1: them. And uh, I'll keep you guys updated because I put a $25 bet on them to win everything (laughs) this year and FanDuel has already given me a $45 um, cash out which makes me believe that they somewhat believe that they might be serious that they're giving me a cash out on that bet after two games already
0: yeah and we'll continue to talk some more gambling I know you love gambling father facts we'll hit some of that later in the pod but moving on here talking about college football week two Alabama versus Texas a little bit of I was a little bit surprised I mean Texas ended up coming away, uh, getting the win, 34-24. to Bama fell in the rankings just a little bit. They were three before, and now they're still 10 or something like that. Um, But Quinn Ewers looked strong. He went 24 for 38 with 349 yards and three TDs. You love to see that. Texas defense played pretty well as well. And then Texas had um, 21 fourth-quarter points, so it was good on them for finishing that game strong. I thought Texas looked pretty fucking good, if I'm being honest with you.
1: I think Alabama looked good, too, but I think it was just a good game. Um, I think this is exciting for college football whenever Alabama isn't that like the outright number one team, like mm-hmm. like the, so many years at, like at least for September, it's nothing but Alabama on TV and that's and that's starting to change and a lot of I, I don't know if coaches are getting better or recruiting. Or the NIL is landing kids different places, and the transfer portal. Or maybe
0: kids just don't want to go practice as hard as fuck every day with uh, Nick Saban. You know, they want to go ham it up on social media with Prime over in Colorado.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, yeah, and it maybe and maybe that's what it is. But I, I like it, and it, I think it's great for the game, seeing more more like competitive games like this, and seeing. Teams that we think are in the previous years, we're just used to seeing them win early. And I I think this is just it just shows what how crazy college football is going to be this year and years to come. And the the NIL and the transfer portal has really, really changed the game where I I don't think anyone can go into a season being so sure that their team is going to be so dominant like it used to be in college football for so many years. You never know what
0: you're (laughs) going to get, man. This transfer portal can create a lot of, can create a whole new team in the off season. It's wild. Um, Another good game. Miami versus Texas and, um. ACC is
1: back, Bo. Hey, ACC, ACC is, back. is back. Miami is putting us back on the mat, bro, because I remember when, hell oh, yeah, brother, <laughs> right? When I played at UVA, when I was in the ACC, Miami, the Florida ACC teams, Miami and FSU, they were so feared because they, Always had some of the fastest kids in the country that just happened. They just happened to all be from Miami. Like, I don't know what's in the water down there, but seeing this game and seeing them get a big win early, um, and really putting the ACC on the map and, or on alert to watch out for this year, um, it, it, it was absolutely crazy. Their quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, he was twenty-one for thirty with three for three seventy-four with five touchdowns. Five touchdowns, and then Miami talking about speed. They had an electric ninety-eight-yard kickoff return and. I love there's nothing better than, than special team, big play. I, I say this all the time. I, I'm a big play junkie, and watching a team, watching a team like Miami and their' special teams when they have just 11 kids out there that, that can just run, it's always exciting to, to watch something like that.
0: And you said it, man, the ACC is four and one against SEC teams this season, so it's a good win, man. Very good win uh, for Miami. Moving on, Fax. Speaking of the ACC, why don't we talk a little bit about our alma mater's? Uh, for those of you that don't know, I went to Wisconsin. <sighs> Dr. Fax Boy. went to Virginia. So did Foch. We talk about that shit all the time. Ta- talk to me about
1: Virginia Fax. What happened? So, my fuck that of the week is going to go to Mother Nature because a beautiful, beautiful afternoon, a little bit, a little, a little hot. In Charlottesville, a little humid, but nevertheless, noon start for in-state rivalry versus JMU. And everything is going well. We have our true freshman quarterback playing amazing, amazing for his first start. Amazing showing, putting points on the board. And at the start of the fourth quarter of this game, while we are leading with the momentum up like up maybe six points we get a lightning delay in the fourth quarter bow and they delay the game for 90 minutes and mother nature dude and you know what happened after that 90 minutes obviously they had time to adjust they came out and they win the game and so mother nature you fucked that game up for us So we're starting off terribly 0-2 this season. We have a tough game this coming Friday night. Hopefully we could turn it around and get another win under the belt for the ACC.
0: Yeah, tough one for our alma mater's facts. My fuck that, as a player, there's some things you cannot control in the football field. You said one of them, Mother Nature. The other one is the refs. Fuck that. Fuck the refs in the Wisconsin-Washington State game uh bucky lost 31 to 22 there was a horrible spot on what should have been a safety in the fourth quarter of that wisconsin game like so that's two points off the board there and then on the next possession there was a fumble obviously i'm an alumni so i'm biased i thought that the running back was down it should not have been a fumble that's a nine point (laughs) swing right there which is devastating fuck that fuck the refs um so wisconsin's really gonna need to bounce back I was so bad, too, because two of my really good friends, the Long family who I play with, play with Travis Long in Philly. He's a Washington State alumni he was at the game, and he was shit-talking me the entire time. So never fun when your buddies, uh, you know, school beat your school. But moving on, we've gone through these games. Let's talk about the big man on campus. This is a segment that I love where we basically just talk about guys that balled out, and now they're the big man on campus. So talk to me, Fax. Who's your big man on campus this week?
1: My BMOC big man on campus this week is – UVA's Anthony Calandria, true freshman, quarterback from St. Peterborough, Florida. Hey, represent St. Pete. That's right across
0: the bridge from where I'm at.
1: Yeah, he got his first start. Unfortunately, our transfer quarterback, Tony Musket, went out last game with an injury, and he played this game. And he ha- was 20 for 26. He had 377 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. And like I said, would have had his first win under his belt. We, we had a. Just a terrible timing with lightning at the start of the fourth quarter, um, and had a lengthy um, delay before they resumed the game. Really, I thought that maybe they should have de- um, they should have canceled or called the game off, and we would have won, um, and he would have got his first win. But I am excited to see him play for the rest of the season, and he is my big man on campus this week. Hell yeah. My big man on campus this week, West Virginia wide receiver Hudson
0: Clement, you know, six foot, 199 pounds from Martinsburg, (laughs) West Virginia, five receptions, 177 yards, three TDs, an unbelievable game. Great stat line from him. But I think what's even more interesting is he (laughs) only learned he was going to play right before the game after Devin Carter was a late scratch and he fucking balled out. He had a 70 yard long reception and then, you know, received a full scholarship this past week because of his performance. He was from zero to hero, like fucking Hercules. Next uh, man up. I love it. Next I man up it. on Saturday. So good for you, Hudson Clement. Big man on campus. Enjoy it, man. I'm sure you're having a fucking great week. <laughs> oh. uh, one thing I want to hit really quickly. I'm going to be really fast with this. Small school spotlight. I really don't care too much about some of these small schools, but had some really good performances. I want to highlight really fast. Um... University of New Hampshire versus Central Michigan. Central Michigan won 45-42, but some really good performances from some guys from University of New Hampshire, notably wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. Dylan Lobb had 12 receptions, 299 yards, and two TDs, Then also seven carries for 30 yards and one TD. He's our leading rusher and pass receiver. Uh, Really good performance from him. So that's fun to watch, and uh, we're just gonna try to keep updated
1: on some small schools. <laughs> hey, I like that. Shout out, shout out to Krishan Frazier, my old um, CFL teammate, who was a former Chippewa. That's why I even know what their <laughs> their uh, mascot is. I used to make fun of him all the time about that. But. Yeah, I had a buddy, Scotty Miller, went there too. Uh,
0: you know, it's fun to highlight some of these small schools. Maybe we can get some D2, D3 schools in the mix as well. What do you think about that, Dr. Fax?
1: I like that. I am all for the small guys getting some love, too. And I am all for this new segment. We are going to start implementing a Facts in the King parlay for all of you guys out there. And how we're going to do this is... It's very simple because my guy, Bo, is not into betting. No, so it's not that good-
0: I'm not, not into it. Facts. I just
1: <laughs> honestly don't
0: understand it. It's like a I running bit. I don't I'm, get it, bro. I, I,
1: I, was the same way before I started this job with Greenlight and then with the facts of the king and getting into the sports, uh, media world. I was not too familiar with betting and money lines and all that, but I, I'm, I know enough now that this will be a fun little bit for us. And Teach me, Father Facts. Teach me how to gamble. <laughs> all you have to do, guys, all you have to do each week is have a pick. Um, and we're going to do, um, We're I guess weekly, we're going to do college football. And er- our early picks this week, mine is going to be Army plus 9.5, nine and a half over UTSA, which is University of Texas, San Antonio. That is going to be my pick. Fochet, who are you picking?
0: This week, Virginia taking on Maryland on Friday night. It's going to be my birthday. Going to be watching the game. Going to be enjoying some time with the boys. I love the Who's. The Who's love me back. So, I'm going to take UVA to cover 14 and a half. Bur- birthday week, Foch is feeling himself. All right. I got LSU to cover the spread against uh, Mississippi State, and I've learned that it's nine and a half so they need to score 10. I did not know that because I fucking don't know how to gamble but I think that's an absolute lock. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun to do the F and K parlay. I think we'll continue to become gambling degenerates on this pod. Please join us in our descent. Anyway, moving on, this is one of my favorite segments Shit to talk to your girl about. Um, the reasoning behind this is you know fellas, we listen to this podcast, talk a lot of you know talk about a lot of different stuff none of which is likely interesting to your girl. So let me give you a little, just a little (laughs) nugget to talk to your girl about. Um, And this is kind of a deviation from some of the other stuff. Like I've talked about skincare and pumpkin spice lattes and all sorts of shit like that. This time we're actually going to talk about sports. Coco Goff wins the Women's U.S. Open final. She's 19 years old. She's number three in the world. She's super swaggy. Um, Saw a really cool clip of her as a 12-year-old, I think, um, at the US Open, and then kind of juxtapose that against her big win. So talk to your girl about the youngest American to win a major tournament since Serena Williams. Um, Super excited for her. Also, she's really fucking swaggy. I think she's kind of got it going on. So talk to your girl about that. Yeah,
1: that's, that's fire. And it's fire that Serena won that at 17. And shout out to Coco Guff, yeah, 19. I can't even think about what I was doing at 19, but to be the number three in a sport that young, um, (laughs) before you can really legally go and get a beer, kudos (laughs) to you. I'll buy her a beer. You earned it, Coco. I got you. It's it's so crazy. And then um, to do it in the way she did, she lost the first set and then just dominated the next two sets. Um, Shout out to her. And, yeah, this perfect thing to talk to your girl about. Shout out to Coco Guff absolutely well what a fucking show today facts
0: i love it and i'm gonna if i could wrap it up with one thing this is what it is at the end of the day if someone says some shit to you and you don't really know how to reply all you got to do is look them
1: dead in the eye and say hell yeah. hell yeah brother i love it make sure you guys tune in every week to facts and the king every wednesday on all social media platforms check us out Add us, like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate you and see you guys next week.